0: question just just asking a question of of the father just asking him what's on his heart what's on his mind or what is he doing or what is he wanting to release and you'll be surprised what he'll speak to you what he'll reveal to you you know and so in this moment I was I remember uh, uh, last week I was working and while I was working I was asking the Lord what can I sing back to you what's on your heart what are some things that you are saying and then the Lord began to speak to me and he began to give me uh, 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 five scriptures and, and began to just unpack those scriptures as the, day, the, as the day went on or even as we left that day and went into other days. I was just meditating on that, on those scriptures. And it was, you would think that God was being vague by speaking what he was speaking, but he wasn't. He was giving you something that will sustain you. Because his word is bread, it's life, we can eat, and as we meditate, it unfolds, it unravels, it makes known those things, it gives you a clear picture of his heart, it gives you a clear vision of what you need to see because you cannot clean your vision or move uh, um, confusion out of the way unless you are filled with the word, unless you are fellowshipping in the word, the word of God has the ability to pierce the darkness. It has the ability to to remove the filth of the day or of circumstances and situations out of our mind. And so I just I just want to encourage you to engage him, to engage him, to engage him, because he wants to speak to his people. He wants to give you a narrative. He wants to give you the words of life. Peter said this. He says, Jesus, we're not going anywhere. Where shall we go? Who speaks like you? Your word has word your, your words are life and spirit. You have the words of life. You have the right now words that can change, that can comfort, that can give us peace, that can shed light. It's your word that's a lamp unto our feet. It's your word that's a light unto our path. So we need your word. We desire your word. We want to hear from you because it's your narrative that's going to dictate and determine what you are doing and what we need to do. That we don't move by the spirit of this world, but that we move by the spirit of the living God. For it is not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of the Lord. And we want to walk in, in step with the spirit. And how do we do that? By yielding our way to his way. Choosing sensing Staying in communion with Him. Moving when He moves. Being so yielded and so steadfast in Him, even the winds of this world can't move you or move your heart from where you've set it. Because you have chosen to set your heart And be moved by the wind of his spirit. Tonight's thought is to set your affections. Based on the scripture, set your affections on things above. And we're going to go to that scripture. But I just want to encourage you. Ask him. Ask him what's on his heart. He wants to speak and reveal his heart. So that what? Heaven and earth is in agreement about what needs to happen and take place here. Amen. Let's turn to Colossians 3 and 2. Colossians 3 and 2 says this. Set your minds. And this is the Amplified versions. I love different versions because sometimes different versions of the Bible uh, speaks more clearly, speaks explicitly what you um, uh, need to know or what you hear. Sometimes the King James Version is very poetic and very nice, but I want some deep stuff. I want to I I really eat. And seek my teeth into the word. And so the Bible says here, set your mind, keep your focus habitually on things above, the heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth, which are temporal. The things that we see daily, the things that you and I gauge On a daily, are temporal. They're here today and gone tomorrow. But that which is spiritual, that which comes from heaven, remains. That is what dictates and determines what's moving and shifting down here. What Paul is actually saying is that you need to engage the realm of the spirit. The realm of the spirit is where things are really happening. I remember when I was first saved, God said to me, He said that the things that you, the world that you don't see, is more real than the world you do see. And in this day and age, believers today have become more uh, fleshly or more trying to set their affections by what's going on down where they can see, where it's comfortable for them, where they can engage. It takes more effort to move in the spirit. It takes faith to move in the spirit because why? Faith allows you to be able to engage the spirit and see the spirit. The Bible says without faith, you can't walk with God. Let alone have a relationship with him. Because if you're going to worship him, if you're going to engage him, you must engage him in spirit and what? Truth. What is truth? His word. So the spirit of God and truth are always walking together in harmony. And when you work, when you're worshiping God, in those in the fullness of that you're going to not miss be misled your hope is not going to be the de- uh, deferred you're not your hope is not going to be this as Bible says hope in Christ Jesus does not disappoint but when our hope is in anything else it can disappoint us because he is the only thing that will be sustained If anything and everything that is being shook and shook up and shaken will be shaken as man-made. But only that which God has established can stand the test of any shaking. Because that's what God is doing. God is moving the things around to make room for that which is his thing. So that that which is his his thing can manifest and be seen and heard. When you have all this other stuff that's man-made, those things are distracting. It's pulling your gaze away. It's pulling your heart away. It's causing you to chase these things. More than ever, we need to be steadfast. And so the Bible says here, be focused. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. Don't surrender your focus. Don't compromise your focus for anything. Because why? When the moment you set your heart on anything other than that which is above, that's the thing that's going to lead and guide you. The Bible says, out of the issues of heart. Or out of your heart flows the issues of light. Your heart controls the rudder. Whatever this is speaking and declaring, it's speaking for what's here, what you've received, what you believe to be true. The Bible says he that meditates, he that thinks on this word, he will not only be prospering in his way, but he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He will be nourished when everybody's saying famine and drought. You will be nourished because that which can feed you and quench your thirst and fill you full is the thing that you're meditating on. That's the thing that will create. And it's not determined by what's going on in this world, but it's determined by what's going on in the heart of God. And the heart of God for you is life and that more abundantly. So he says, keep your focus set. Your affections on things above. And in this time, we need to be focused. Focusing our heart by making a decision that nothing else matters. What do I mean by nothing else matters? There is so much that is going on that could sway you like a wind. Misinformation is like a wind. Doctrine of this world is like a wind that is blowing. And it wants to blow the sails of your heart in a certain direction. But the only thing that should direct your ship to help, uh, through the seas of, of, of this season, of circumstances, of situation, is the wind of the Spirit. Because the wind of the Spirit is going to speak truth. It's going to speak truth. It's going to lead and guide you to where God is trying to get his people to go. It's going to speak what's in What's been written about you. Jesus said this. I come in the volume of the book. That is written about me. I don't come in any other manner. Except. That which is spoken and declared about me, and that should be the way we operate, especially in this season and time. We should come in what is written in Scripture, what is spoken by the Rhema word of God, that should be the thing that direct the cells of our heart. That should be the thing that causes our rudder to to speak the coordinates of God so that we end up in the place where God wants us to end up. Are you here? Are you there? We need to do that. Our nothing else is an option, like that song Nothing Else will do. I just want you. I just want to hear from you because you have you have the words of life. No one speaks like the Lord. No one gives peace like the Lord. And in this time and season, we need. The Bible says if you keep your focus, if you keep your mind stayed on him he will keep you what in perfect peace if your mind is on anything that's of this world it will not bring you peace it will bring you despair it will bring you fear it would bring you disappointment it will bring you stress but when we keep our focus on that which is above that will keep us in perfect peace and that peace passes surpasses all earth circumstances and situations it doesn't matter what it looks like you will be steadfast smooth sailing and you'll stay in thanksgiving because thanksgiving keeps you in the, what the gates you enter the gates and praise keeps you what in the courts of God it keeps you right before the Lord so that you what can hear what you need to hear from God so that you can do what you need to do for the Lord So that all that you speak and do, you do it all in the name of the Lord. Because you are there firsthand, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And you're hearing what's on the Father's heart through the Holy Spirit. You are so yielded and so sensitive that you're watching and hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you. And he's going to speak to you, not in ways that are big and and, and over the top like we always expect, but he's going to speak to you in unassuming ways. And it takes these things to be spiritually discerned. Jesus said this. He said, "He said, them that have an ear to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. if you are sensitive, if you are worshiping in spirit and in truth, if your heart posture is set on things above and you're not moved by things beneath, then that which God is speaking, you will get. You will clearly understand and you will clearly hear him. Because his word pierces the darkness. His word causes the darkness to tremble and dissipate. His word causes what? Uh, Confusion and despair and distortion to be exposed and eradicated. Because he comes with the order of God. And his word is power. Smashing anything. Removing anything. That would get in the way. Of you and him. Walking in oneness. Setting your mind on things above. Not on things beneath. Keeping your focus. Fighting that good fight. And it takes faith to stay focused in this day and age. It's easy to succumb to what is being spoken and blown to and fro. You're not like a ship being tossed to and fro. You're not double minded. In all your ways. But you are steadfast believing. In what God is saying. That's who you are. You're believers. Of the most high God. And nothing else satisfies you. But the bread of heaven. And the bread of heaven. The father wants to freely give. To you more than ever. So he can dictate. And determine how you operate. From day to day because the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let our hearts hide that that we not will not only make a mistake, not only not sin against him, but that we will go and do what God has us to do. Another way that we cannot move by the things of this world. Let's go. Don't talk the way they talk. There are a lot of things that are happening in the world and we see in church that sometimes They're saying the same things. We don't want to say the same things the world is saying. Because that wisdom in James 3 is talking about the demonic wisdom of this world. This world is very sensual. That wisdom is very sensual. Why is it sensual? Because it appeals to the flesh. It appeals to the flesh. And the flesh does not want to yield to God. You cannot please God in the flesh. So if you're moving in wisdom that is fleshly, you are going to miss the Lord. And you're going to be directed way off course into something else. But that's what that's what's going on. Along with them projecting and prophesying and, and sending distortion and confusion. If they continue to do it, they are trying to what? Get you to partner with it. It cannot take shape and form in your life until you with your faith believe it to be true. We have to be mindful. We, Our house, our heart is a heart for God. And it's a heart for the spirit of the Lord. And strange fire we need to recognize more than ever. But don't talk like the way they talk. When you hear people today in the stores, they are talking about what? All the things that they hear on the news. All the things they hear on social media. They're giving their opinions. They're they're regurgitating what's being said. Even in some places that shouldn't be speaking that way, religiously, they are speaking the way of the world. And so you can recognize the wind of this world in the wind of the Spirit. Because the wind of the Spirit has hope, has life, has peace, has, has strength. And it has counsel. It has direction in it. And it gives you fresh oil. It leads you somewhere. It takes you somewhere. But the wind of this spirit does not have any of that in it. It appears like it does. It appears to be giving you the information, quote unquote, that you need. I don't need to hear that narrative to know what's going on. The word itself tells me what's going on. God speaking to us daily will tell you what's going on. But his focus is not, what, not what's going on. His focus is the same focus when Jesus walked here in the flesh. He said, I'm here to do the will of my Father. He said, for this reason, I was sent for this cause. I was I was brought here to fulfill. So there are things that you were brought here for and that is the focus. I don't have to worry about whether he's going to come today or tomorrow because if he does, amen, I'm ready. And if he doesn't, I'm I'm going to do and occupy until he comes Why? Because he's not coming as a thief and a knight But that there Is being thrown around Causing people to fear Causing people not to dream Causing people not to, to pursue after what God is speaking God is not man that he should lie Nor the son of man he should repent He's not going to tell you, i called you to do this, or I sent you to do this, and then you don't get to do it. He doesn't do that. That would cause you to be disappointed. That would cause you to be hurt. That would cause you to believe that God can't be trusted. That's what misinformation is doing. It's using scripture to get the people of God to divert from what the Spirit of the Lord is actually talking about. It's been the last days for two thousand years, and even Jesus said himself, "That time is in the Father's hands," and I don't, you don't have to worry about that. You just so do. Take the talents that God is giving you and multiply. At the right time, you will give an account for what God has given you. But don't be the servant that took it and hid it and said, "I knew you were a man." That, 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 that was that was shrewd and, and I was afraid and I was in fear Because that fear is not the spirit of God That fear is the spirit Of this world And we're not to move by that We are to move by what the spirit of the Lord Is saying and the spirit of the Lord is saying Occupy, run Save souls Do what I have given you What to do Line up with what I'm saying and doing And run your race You want to have this testimony that Paul said. Paul said, I've been poured out like a drink offering. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. And even though I was beat up, shipwrecked, left for dead, imprisoned, none of that determined or dictated what I was to do because what dictated what I was supposed to do was the wind of God's spirit blowing the sails of my heart in the direction I'm supposed to go. Don't talk like them. Let's turn to Isaiah 8 and 11. Isaiah 8 and 11. Amen. I hope you guys are getting this. I hope this is good for you. Isaiah chapter 8. verse Beginning at verse 11. and uh, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Because I like what it said there. It says here Don't call everything a conspiracy Like they do Don't live in dread Of what frightens them Hmm Does that not sound like What's being projected On all the news affiliates Or on social media I'll read it again Do not call everything a conspiracy Like they do Do not live in dread What frightens them Make the Lord of heaven, of angels' army, your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one you, he should make you tremble. Yes, he should. Not what they're doing. Verse 11 says this, The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. I'm here to tell you the word of the Lord is telling you not to think like the world is thinking, not to follow the wind of this spirit of this world, but follow the wind of the spirit because the wind of the spirit is always speaking what the father is speaking. The wind of this world is is profiling is projecting. It moves with the spirit of Leviathan. It comes to distort. It comes to bring confusion. It comes to bring hopelessness. It comes to rob you of your peace. It comes to steal your dreams. It comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The wind of the spirit, thats the wind of this world, that's what it comes to do. And when you are operating in that, when you are watching those things, when you're allowing that to dictate and to determine what you're going to do, then you're going to think like them. Then you're going to speak like them. Then you're going to call that a conspiracy. That this, this that, this that. You're going to be naming things the way they do. We are a royal priesthood. We are set aside. We are holy unto God. And we are not to move the way the spirit of this world is moving. The thing that should drive our heart, and I say it over and over, is the wind of the Holy Spirit because he is speaking the will of God. Can I give you something? The Bible says man makes many plans. We even say the devil has many plans. But the purpose and will of God always prevails. Always prevails. There's not a thing on this earth that happens that God does not know. That's why he can orchestrate everything for your good. Amen? So don't talk like they do. Don't move the way they do. The Bible says this in Corinthians, I think, 5 and 7. It says, for we walk by faith and not by what? Sight. The senses, Jesus said this in, um, or uh, Isaiah says this about Jesus in Isaiah 11, uh, uh, verse 3. He talks about how Jesus would not judge things based on what he saw or what he heard, but he would weigh things by what? The Spirit of the Lord because why what you see can deceive you you can look you get or what you hear can deceive you you can look at a situation I'll give you an example if you're dating somebody and you could see your your significant other across the street talking to the opposite sex and you say what is he doing over there talking here he better not be doing this he better not be or she better not be saying anything I'm a I'm a it looks like he's engaging her in a way that's inappropriate but the truth is, when you get in the conversation, he's not. He's asking for directions. That's your own insecurity because you're gauging things from a brokenness. That's why we've got to engage things in Christ Jesus. The more we surrender, the more we get healing, the more we walk in oneness with him, we're going to engage things from wholeness. Wholeness is to engage it by the Spirit of the Lord. But when you engage things from your, what you're seeing, you're gauging it from the flesh. And the flesh has a mindset, has a perspective that it wants you to believe. You could hear something somebody's saying and not know the context and, and believe something that is not true. When we walk by faith, we walk knowing that what God is doing is working for our good. We, we know that what? He is good and he can only do good. Can I say this to you? In, in Hebrews 11, thir- 3, it says that the world, the world that you and I know, the heavens and earth, when it talked about the heavens and earth being created, it was fitly framed by what? The word of God. So what faith does, faith allows you to see the world that God is design, has designed for you and for the body of Christ. So in that's why you need to pray in your most holy faith. To build up your faith. Because faith allows you to see what the Lord is really doing. He allows you to determine things from the spirit rightly. But when we engage things in this realm from a fleshly place we're going to see things in a broken way we're going to not see things in the right lens are you hearing what i'm saying are you gathering what i'm getting it takes the spirit of god in us to help us engage the spirit of god in heaven you cannot worship god with this flesh so if that be true then let my eyes Let my ears, let my mouth speak what the Spirit is saying and not what I want to say. Amen? You say, how can I do that? Sometimes that's hard because all we have around us is what we see. That's true. It's easy to see what's around you. But it takes that extra effort and heart posture to say, I'm going to see what you are are saying. And what does that look like? That looks like asking God. I see this situation in front of me. How do you see this situation? And then the Lord will tell you, this is what I see. Or, Lord, I see this person in a certain way. How do you see them? And the Lord will say, this is how I see them. The moment God releases that rhema, that perspective, his perspective in you, now you see them in the eyes of what? The Spirit. And you see them differently. But if you don't ask, then you won't see them. Are you gathering what I'm saying? That's what it is to walk by faith and not by sight. It is to ask for the mindset. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And if I'm going to ask God's insight on this situation... I'm asking because he's going to give me his lens so that I can see. That's why Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you would know what the hope of God's calling in any given situation. He also says that I pray that you would have fresh wisdom and revelation and a knowledge of who Jesus is. You need that daily. Why? So that you will engage and see things from the perspective of God. Not from our perspective. We will gauge and see things from a very broken from a very broken reality or from our fleshly perspective. I remember asking God about Will Smith before Will Smith did what he did before he slapped the person and I remember I was engaged in this program he was on and I said, God I know what I know about him and some of the things are not ne- are not positive how do you see him?" and the lord gives me his perspective. And from that moment I was able to see what God was what God was seeing and I didn't see the other stuff anymore. It's not saying it, it doesn't matter, but when you see things from God's perspective, that's what God is trying to do. That's what he wants us to partner with what he's doing. So when you move by the wind of the spirit of the holy spirit, you are moving by the narrative, by the mindset, by the perspective, by the will of God. But if you're moving the way they are, then you're going to speak like them. And so Isaiah 8:11 through 13 says, don't speak like them. Don't declare things to be what they declare it to be. Speak what God is saying. And you can ask in any given situation that you're being given. How do we do that? Another way that uh, another person who's a good example Um, To hope against hope. Let's turn to Isaiah 43. It's a famous scripture. Isaiah 43, 19 talks about, says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now, here's the interesting thing. Verse 18 says, Forget the former things. Forget those former things. Let them go. Let the former things go. They have been done and passed. Let them go. So that you can fully embrace the new thing. To embrace the new thing, this new thing is a place where you haven't gone. You have not been there. You haven't gone this way. It's like Abraham being called out of his country, what is familiar, being called to a country he's never been, being called down a pathway he's never walked. And so he has to walk with such blind faith in God. It was blind faith for him, but God knew where he was taking him. God knew where he was where He was designing him, and all, all he asked was that Abraham had faith in him. And that faith that Abraham had in God was was counted for righteousness. We are sometimes called on an Abrahamic faith, sometimes called to go in a direction we've uh, uh, never done, never been. Go uh, do something we've never done. And all God is saying, have faith in me. Have faith in who I am. Have faith in what I can do or what I've done before. And know that the same God that was in that situation before is the same God that will be today. Because why? He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen? And so when you look at that, and, and God is saying, today I am doing a new thing. And we are in a season of God doing a new thing. I know that's a scripture that is so cliche. But in the true sense of the word, we are in a new way. And we are not going the way we, we were before. And the Bible says that, he says, I will create a, will, a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert. This is likening to the story of Egypt. Israel, when they're coming out of Egypt and they're coming out of bondage. They don't know what it is to be free in God. They don't know what it is to be anywhere else but living off the government of Egypt, living day-to-day under oppression, living day-to-day under suppression. All they know to do is to be under what God has for them. And so as they are walking and they're, and they're pursuing, God is creating a way in the wilderness to lead them where? To the promised land. And he will what? He will, he will, he will give them drink. The Bible says he'll make a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert. And that's just what he did. When they wanted drink, Moses hit the rock and river, the gushes of water fell, came out of the rock, and and was like a river flowing and made a lake for them to drink of. He does that for us. But what we have to do in order for that to be on the path of God, to follow what God is doing, we have to sometimes hope against hope. Let's go to Romans chapter four, verse eight. Romans chapter 4 verse 8 Romans chapter 4 verse 18 to 21 Romans chapter 4 verse 18 to 21 and it's talking about Abraham it says even when there was no reason for hope Abraham kept hoping does that sound familiar When you look at what's going around you, it would give you a sense for no reason to hope. But Abraham, in spite of what he was watching, what he was engaging on a day-to-day, he kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him this, that how many descendants he would have. So God tells him how many descendants he's going to have. This is a man who was um, with no children. And his wife was barren and God tells him you're going to be a father of many nations. Many people are going to come out of you. And, and that for Abraham was hard to believe because his wife could not have kids. And so he walked trusting that God was going to fix that, that God was going to somehow give him a son and bring and give him descendants. That's the promises of God. There are promises that God has made to you and I, to the body of Christ. There are things that yet to be fulfilled in Scripture, and God is going to fulfill those things. And sometimes it looks like what God has promised you won't happen, or it looks like it's not going to happen. And sometimes it feels like there's no reason to hope or even just to give up on that promise. But Abraham kept believing so I encourage you, keep believing in what God wants to do. Keep believing in what he has spoken to you. Hold dear to it. Don't let it go. Because the world may shake, but what God said and what God has established will not be shaken. It will be steadfast and unmoving, and it will come to life if you fully embrace it. I love the example of John 1:14. It says this. It says that as many as embraced him became the sons of God. And we beheld the only begotten Son full of grace and truth. It also said, it says, at the beginning, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God's words, God's promises are meant to become reality in our lives. And sometimes what we're facing says different. But I, I challenge you to believe in what God is saying. To let the winds of His Spirit guide the cells of your heart. Because you are going to do what God says you're going to do. And the Bible says that Abraham hoped against hope. He hoped against it. He believed, and so in this new thing that God is doing, God is going to create a way for us to go, to navigate, to get to where He's taking us, and He's going to give you a uh, river in the desert. That river is provision. It's provision. It's to give you drink. It's to give you something to sustain you. Amen. That water represents a sustaining. I, I like to uh, in a human being, water. We are sixty percent water and we also have blood. Water sustains life, as well as what? The blood of Jesus, the blood that sustains life. The difference between the two is that the blood tells you who you are, what kind of life you're going to have because why? It carries what? Spiritual and natural DNA from your predecessors before. That's why we need to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus to rewrite our story so that we walk according to that which is written about us, From the mind of God, Psalms 131, he says there's a book written about us and that's what God is releasing. That's what we're here for, to do the things that God has designed for us to do. But water sustains life because man cannot live without water. You go three days without water, you're going to be knocking on death's door. So he, he says, I will give you the life to sustain the thing that I am doing new in your life. I will give you the pathway. I will give you what you need to walk this path to get to where you're going. That's why he says, I'll make a way in a wilderness and a river in a desert. I love that he says that I will tell you about it. Will I not tell you about what's new? Yes. Every step of the way, God's going to let you know what you're going to do. Because why? The Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit, one of his other things he does is he is a revealer of what? Of things to come. He teaches us all things, but he is a revealer of what? Things to come. He will speak what? The heart of God. So we can hope against hope, believing that what God is going to do, he's going to get us there. So don't allow the world or what's being projected or that what's being shown to determine and dictate that you won't do what you're, that God said you're going to do or what God's going to take you into. Don't allow that to, to sway you to the left or to the right. Be moved what is coming from the heart of God not from the heart of this world amen so we move right on it's interesting when I think about um, just what's being being blown from from social media to news affiliates uh, here and there, here and there here and there, everywhere but I also understand this we see in part why is that key that we see in part when you think about all the prophecies about Jesus they all saw a part and all the parts put together became this big puzzle piece but no one fully had a clear 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 picture of what that was going to look like on a day to day they knew he was going to be born in Bethlehem they knew that he was going to suffer they knew he was going to be born of a virgin they knew that he was going to be the he was the Messiah, he was anointed one. They knew certain things about him, but even to the point of him dying and resurrecting, and we being the recipients. Because if they fully understood what who he truly was when he came, they wouldn't have crucified him. This is what Paul says. Let's turn to what Paul says here. Paul says this. Let's turn to. It's in uh, First Corinthians. Uh, let's go to First Corinthians, and uh, let's see. Hold on. I'm going to First Corinthians. First, First Corinthians, chapter two, verse eight. First Corinthians, chapter two, verse eight. beginning at verse 8 and it reads it says the scripture is i don't, I don't want to i'm going to read this from the amplified version because the amplified version gives a better a better version let's give let's get this here i want you to get this here it says none of the rulers of this age recognized and understood this wisdom so even though god is speaking through the gift of the prophets.'" those who are walking in the office of prophets or even just moving by the spirit all these words that are being spoken by people they're seeing parts of the life of jesus i'm using this as an example because i'm going to tie this into today and so they're seeing the life of christ but not fully understanding what the wisdom of god which god had preordained before the ages of our glory to lift up to lift us up in the glory of his presence none of the rulers recognized the un- and understood the wisdom the wisdom of God for if they had if they had understood fully they would have not crucified the Lord of glory those Pharisees that claim and under and, and thought and, and thought they understood what the scripture said about the one they were waiting for if they truly understood the wisdom of God they would have never crucified Jesus And if the devil had understood that we were going to be the benefactors of what Jesus did, he would have definitely fought not to let Jesus be crucified. But there's a wisdom of God that isn't made known to everybody. God will give you parts and the rest we walk by faith. And know that Your faith is going to lead you. I love that the scripture in um, Corinthians says this, that we see in part or we prophesy in part, then we move face to face. Meaning that your part is going to lead you to a full picture of what God is doing in any given situation, even in your life. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, it says that that God makes things beautiful in his time and that the world is not cognitant. So you can have people prophesy about your life. You can have people tell you about the things that are going on, but not fully understand the wisdom of God. Because I believe God allows that to be left out so that we don't determine what things. Because we as human beings will try to determine or paint a picture that God is not painting for the things of the future. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You seeing where I'm going? Where I'm going with this is that Yes, we have given... Jesus has given us pictures for the last days. Some of the things that are going to happen. And we got this... We got a picture somewhat. But it's a partly picture. It's not a full picture. And the danger is that people will paint a full picture and think that we know what this means. But the Bible says, Eyes have not seen, nor is ears have heard, nor is it entered the heart of man what God's wisdom is. What God truly has a story. We read a scripture here. It says... Here that the rulers of that time did not understand. If they would have recognized and understood the wisdom of God, they would have never crucified the Lord. They crucified him because they, the Bible says they thought they were doing the right thing. And the enemy wanted him crucified because he wanted the people to be left in bondage. He even thought, yes, we got Jesus. Jesus is not the lamb slain. he He's not going to redeem mankind. And then he was surprised because Jesus was the lamb without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. He was without sin, and he was able to redeem mankind. And we are the recipients of it. So he couldn't stop that. But what's going on now? There's a lot of misinformation going out there. There's a lot of information, misinformation going out. There's a lot of twisting scripture. That there's a lot of uh, projecting and, 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 and moving by the spirit of definition to proclaim what's going on or what's going to happen. And we by the Spirit of the Lord need to discern what's from God, what's from man, and what's from flesh. And if you don't, you will be led astray. The wisdom of God cannot be understood except that we fellowship with the Lord, that God gives us language. Notice that when God invites you to do something, He don't give you the full picture. Sometimes He'll tell you what the end looks like, but He does not tell you how you're going to get there. He doesn't tell you the full picture. Because some of this walk that we're walking, you're going to walk just trusting them, just in faith. And if you allow faith to give you perspective, faith will allow you to see what God's trying to do here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? And while we walk this walk of faith, Why we're trusting and believing that what we don't fully, clearly see fully, but that we know God's going to bring us into it, we can stand on Jeremiah 29 and 11. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, and it's a famous scripture that says this. I like to read it clearly because I want to read it so that you have it. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says this, For I know, this is the Lord speaking, For I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you. This is God speaking to us. He says, I know the plans. Meaning, I know the reason why you came to earth. I know the plans that I have for your life. I know the thoughts that I have for you. And God's thoughts to you are good, not evil. The devil would like to tell you that no one loves you, that everybody hates you, and that you don't matter. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God's thoughts to you are good. And even when people are saying that, it's God's thoughts are the thoughts that matter the most. And if you, if you lay hold to what he's thinking and, and think the thoughts that God is thinking, then that's the thing that's going to navigate your heart right to where he wants to lead you. It says here, he says, I know the thoughts that I have for you, the plans that I have for you, and the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, the plans of peace and well-being, not for disaster. So God is not set your life up for disaster. He has set your life up for peace and well-being, for healing, for wholeness and deliverance so that you can walk in be- and stand in the future that God has proclaimed about you before the foundations of the earth. So that your hope that you have will not lead you to disappointment because your hope is founded in him. Because Jesus in Romans, it says any hope other than Christ Jesus will disappoint you. But hope in Christ Jesus will not disappoint you. Amen. So we can walk knowing when God is just asking us, trust him. When he just says, trust me, and he doesn't give you no more than just trust him. Know that his plan for you is good. His thoughts to you are good. And that the purpose of him is for peace and well-being. It's not for disaster. So it's not for the disaster that's being presented on the news that you hear every day, on social media, or just anything. Know that even though you see these things, you are navigating through these seas with peace and thanksgiving right into the well-being, the healing, the wholeness, the future, the hope that God has for us. Amen? Because why? Because there is a pouring of God's Spirit. God is going to pour out His Spirit. Let's go to Acts 2 and 17. This is what Peter it was prophesied in Joel and then Peter later prophesied when the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit fell upon him, Jesus told him before He ascended after being here for 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus ascended into heaven and he tells him, before he ascended, he says, you go and wait for 10 days. You will be endued with power. And so this was this deutimous power that was going to come upon them and, and empower them to go take the gospel everywhere. And that's the same thing that Peter preached about, that here he, he's quoting the book of Joel chapter 2. And I love that when you see something in the old and you see it in the new, you need to pay attention because it is very important because it's something that's being fulfilled. It's something that God is doing right now. And it says here, it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days. We are in the last days. Whether the last days have gone on for 2,000 years or, or go on another 2,000 years, we are in the last days because everything is considered the last days after Christ is death burial and resurrection but it says in the last days God said I will pour out my spirit God will pour out his spirit upon you he will pour out his spirit so there's an outpouring we can see more. we can see many outpourings but there is a major outpouring that God's going to pour in this time and season he's pouring out on all mankind. So that your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see uh, visions and these visions will be divine visions from heaven. And your old, your young man will see that, but your old man will have dream dreams. And these will be the dreams of heaven, dream heavenly dreams by the spirit. He says, and until and, and so Peter's preaching this, he's preaching there'll be an outpouring of God's spirit. There'll be an outpouring of his spirit. And there's going to be an outpouring. we can call on that and say, God, give us a fresh outpouring of your spirit to do what you have called me to do. That's what they asked in Acts 4. Acts chapter 4 after they were persecuted for healing the man they went back to their group and they prayed and they said hey they were persecuting us they're really going after us for preaching in Jesus and they decided you know what we need more boldness we need more holy boldness to preach the Word of God we need more boldness to step out and take ownership in the spirit what God has given us we need more boldness to do the thing that God has called us to do we need more boldness to come out of hiding and allow the world to see the thing that God is doing we need that boldness and he said and they prayed this in Acts 4 he says Lord that you would freshly baptize us with this boldness to speak your word that the hand of God will reach out and do signs and wonders and miracles. Healings and deliverance will take place. That outpouring. Jesus said this in Luke 4 and 18. Let's look at Luke 4 and 18. Because the spirit of the Lord that's being outpoured has, has, a, has a purpose. a purpose. To do. It isn't just for you to chase outpourings after outpourings after outpourings, going to conference after conference, being filled with the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. There is a purpose. You're being filled for a purpose. And Jesus declares this purpose today. He's, again, quoting Isaiah 61, but he's doing it in Luke. Again, when you see something written and old and new, it is very important and it is something that God is doing. So he reads this in Isaiah uh, Luke chapter 4 verse um, verse 18 it says, "And the spirit of the Lord is anointed has, because has anointed me to preach good news to the gospel. That's for us. It's for Jesus, but it's for us too. He has sent me or us to announce the release, the pardon, the forgiveness to the captive, to recovery of the sight of them that are spiritually and naturally blind. To set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy. That's the mending of the broken heart. To proclaim the favor of the Lord. To go a step further. For the deaf to hear, for the blind to see, for the lame to walk, for the dead to be raised, for the lepers to be cleansed, for the spirits to be cast out. The spirit of the Lord has come. So that same spirit that Peter was talking about in Joel that Joel prophesied about in the Old Testament that Peter spoke about in Acts 2 this spirit this outpouring has a purpose and I'm reading its purpose I'm reading the mandate of what this spirit has been given to you to do and then Jesus says this the day of salvation in the favor of God is uh, bounds greatly then he rolled up the scroll having stopped in the middle of the verse and gave the gave it back to the attendant and sat down to teach and the eyes of all those in the synagogue were intently fixed on him they're like wait a minute he didn't finish the scripture so they're like what is he getting ready to do and he tells them this and this is what I'm prophesying to you he begins to speak and I'm speaking right now the spirit the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing In your presence and they're like what wait hold on what you just read and I from Isaiah 61 is being fulfilled now yes we are to fulfill this mandate so I'm declaring and proclaiming that this scripture that Isaiah 61 is fulfilled and in everybody at the sound of my voice in your presence It is fulfilled in your life and you are to walk therein. There is no chasing outpourings. Take what God is giving you, go do it. He will give you more as you go. What you've been freely given, you are to freely give and you are to do it and occupy until he comes. We're going to land this plane in uh, Psalm 66 and 12. Let's go to Psalm 66 and 12. Because we're going to do this. But we're not going to do this without resistance. 66 and 12. Says this. And I'm going to read it. um, I'm going to read it in the King James. or New King James Version. 66, 12. It says here. You caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire. And we went through the water. But you brought us into a rich fulfillment or in other versions it says a wealthy pace we may go through the seas of circumstances but we won't drown we won't be flooded out we won't be overwhelmed we will go through the fire of circumstances, of situations of things that are happening and we will not be burned like the Hebrew boys their clothes came out unsunged, unburned because there was another in the fire with them You need to know in this moment that Yahweh, God with us, Emmanuel, is with us. He said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end. Even Jacob, as Jacob was coming back into his homeland, and he he comes back into this place where he had the same encounter when he left the place of Bethel, and he says, he tells, he says, the Lord promised that he would stay with me and bring me back into the land. And God fulfilled that. God is going to bring you into a land. God is going to bring you into a place that he has for you in the spirit. And he's going to take you to a geographical place for that which he's done in the spirit to manifest. The promised land is is more of something, is more of a promise, is more of a blessing in the spirit. But God will give you a geographical place that it will take shape and form. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So don't look for a land Get that blessing, get that mandate, get, get that spiritual blessing from heaven. It don't matter where you go. Because if God sends you to the North Pole, he'll turn that into something beautiful. The Bible says that in Isaiah, it says that God can take the desert and turn it into a lush forest. But you need to have that promise on your life. And we have that promise, the same promise that Abraham had through the blood of Jesus. Because of what Jesus did in his body and his blood, the promise of Abraham rests upon us. So I want to encourage you tonight that you are going to do the things that God has called you to do by the power of his spirit. You're going to walk over mountains that be level and you're going to shout grace, grace, the thing which you have begun. You're going to finish Zerubbabel. You're going to complete And you're going to give an account to the Lord when he comes and he's gonna say well done that good and faithful servant because why you occupy until he came don't let him coming be the thing that stops you from doing what you need to do because Jesus never meant for that to happen he was letting you know I'm coming again but it's reserved in the father I don't even know go and occupy go and advance the kingdom the misinformation that is going out from every facet even the devil's using scripture to what to to give misinformation to the people of God to keep the kingdom from advancing that's what he's trying to stop we are here we are we have been redeemed reconciled restored under our God as kings and priests To carry the mandate to advance the kingdom. We are ambassadors, like Paul says. And we are ambassadors to carry the the, the mandate of the kingdom. To advance the kingdom. To turn this world upside down like the apostles did. To make other disciples from the blueprint of Jesus, not ourselves. And the misinformation that's being pushed out there. And, it, and you can tell it's misinformation because it's backed up by fear it's backed up by control it's trying to be masked as something nice but even the enemy like we read and in, 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 um, in, in, uh, in second Corinthians where it talks about even the enemy uses false prophet false apostles false prophets false people to speak and they come as an angel of light that will not the devil come as an angel of light to deceive yes that's where the misinformation is coming and we need to be wise we need to know what's flesh what's God and what's the devil and so I pray for your discernment to go to that next level you would would operate in the discernment of Jesus Jesus the Bible says perceive what they were trying to do when they were trying trying to trap Him in the things that they were trying to ask Him I pray that you would have that same perception I pray that your eyes and your understanding would be enlightened I pray that you would walk in such a way like Christ Jesus because he said as he is right now in heaven is who we are here on the earth and he said in John 14 2 or 12 that we can do what he did and even greater set your heart on things above let the narrative from God be the thing that blows the cells of your heart into what God has for you don't let the plan of the enemy to bring in misinformation To rob you and keep you from advancing the kingdom. Because we've been sent here to advance the kingdom. By the power of the spirit of God. That lives in us. That rests upon us. That moves through us. For us and to us. I bless you. And I speak that upon you. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord.